morning. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Amazing. Amazing. Loud. But that's because I, <laughs> I just turned on up my volume. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. I mean, I am loud. I've got a big mouth, quite a loud mouth. But as long as I'm not like, de you know, de de you know, deathifying. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I also own it. Like if you oh if you know you have something it's like oh you know like oh thank you it's like yeah I know thank you like it's like whatever like don't be humble about it but like thanks for noticing. <laughs> to do that, I actually remember this is an interesting segue. I remember being um, I don't know like a teenager, probably fifteen or sixteen, and going on some of my very first dates, and specifically probably fifteen years old. And I remember getting compliments, and I mean you're a teenager at that point, but getting compliments. I'm like you got really nice legs no no i don't no i don't shut up like but like yeah. but not but not doing it in like a flirting way because that kind of sounded flirty but more like like fuck off no no mm -hmm. like i don't believe you kind of a thing um and it, it's you know it takes a long time i think for i don't know if it's different between uh for females to males i'm not sure if there's um a major difference in that or for it, it's like you know guys take compliments better than women i have no idea but mm -hmm. that's well i think yeah i think that's definitely something that we could talk we can dive into in uh rachel and hero getting juicy after dark absolutely absolutely yeah. brought up a yeah. of that but um absolutely are you wearing pants today um i am wearing pants actually um what kind of pants are you wearing um, for the first time today, it's funny because I actually typically wear jeans. I'm wearing jeans. Yeah, which are not even like super comfortable to sit here and talk necessarily, depending on how tight the jeans are. But today What's I'm wearing leggings, so I'm wearing do do do. Ooh, I um very boring yoga leggings with my look. I just put my foot right into the camera. I love that. Um, it my, smells beautiful, doesn't it? Smell mm -hmm. of it. Hmm, they're clean, so that's... Oh, oh, give it, give it, give it. Oh, yeah, mm, that's it. Foot fetish, there you go, everyone. Here's my foot. Um, yeah, very Canadian socks, though, hey? Lumber the roots, right? Lumberjack socks. No, no, they're they're not. Oh, oh, they're from Mark's Work Warehouse. They are! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Oh, that is hilarious. Mm -hmm. That's I hilarious. The guess the Canadian sock brand. <laughs> so I'm guessing Marks is a Canadian company. I don't know. I would assume it is. Now, yeah, now it's Marks. Not they they rebranded Marks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so funny. Yeah, because I live in. Well, I've said this a few times in the show, but folks, I live in Vernon, and in Vernon, okay, yeah, we've got you know like forty five thousand people or something. We're pretty close to a, another major city, but the shopping here sucks balls. Like it's really bad. Like there's, there's a couple of pretty cute little uh, boutique shops for sure, but but I hate to say, but like Marks, I say Marks Work Warehouse, Marks, like I would go there to get some of my yoga stuff because, and that's actually where I got my leggings from. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lulu, I'm, you know, you're in all the way in Kelowna. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive that far, but <laughs> uh, they're lost. They're lost. But I am wearing pants. I'm wearing fleece line denim from where I work at Dewar, and I literally wear them every day and can practice and teach and go right to my job when I want to wear everything in one day. I love that, actually. So, oh, so they're like, are they like jeggings? Are the. No, they're legitimately 
pants with a button and zipper and they are fleece lined. Oh, that's my sock now. They oh, are fleece. They are, they are fleece lined. I see. Okay. So they, so they insulate, but they don't take away stretch or mobility, and they have the gusset and the stitching and stuff to give it the like the durability. Listen to this salesperson. I love it. I love it. Visit Hero at Dewar. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible company. So you know what? I'm proud to talk about it. It's an incredible company. I'm so happy to be working there. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so today, well, first of all, cause we didn't say this in our last episode as if we need to remind you everyone, but please like, I hate saying, you know, it's so like cheesy. Cause I was listening to like, even some of the stuff that my husband watches and he watches a lot of car stuff and whatever. And you know, there's still those big burly guys are like, please like subscribe and comment for my channel. <laughs> But we, you know, we kind of need to say that just, just because we want to keep doing this and we want to keep bringing you lovely content and growing and all that stuff. So yeah, exactly. Like comment, subscribe, follow, share, save everything that you can do through your social media platforms really goes a long way. And even if it might take you a single second, a single second of your time makes our mileage go even further. And we really appreciate it. Like even this morning, or here, here will say to me, Hey, you know, so-and-so like one person, like so-and-so just likes this. And I was like, cool. Like, I mean, we, we notice all those things, all those little tiny things. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, but without further ado, cause I'm just looking at the clock right now, hero, please introduce our guest, which will be hopping on any second. Okay, so I gotta, I gotta do this. This guest is someone that I am so proud to call my cousin. Um, once removed, actually, it's my mom's cousin, um, which is an interesting uh, side, and she will talk about that. But her name is Emily Crone, and uh, Crone is actually the maiden name of my late grandmother, who passed away uh, about 12 years ago, and she was the one that was the Holocaust survivor from Lithuania. Oh, so sorry. Is this, is Emily her granddaughter? No. Uh, Emily would be her, okay, basically it's my grandmother's brother's daughter. So her niece. Jesus, okay. That makes sense, niece? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, her niece. Yeah, it, it's her niece. Um, and so Emily is just honestly such an incredible human being. She lives in Brooklyn, New York. She's from uh, Manhattan. Um, and I have been able to spend time with her usually once or twice a year, and we'll talk about that. So I'll leave her to, to kind of give that introduction. But her main background is in theater, performance, stage, film, TV, um, singing, dancing, uh, production. Like she's got it. She's a triple threat, in my opinion. She's a triple threat. Her, but she definitely is focused on acting and um, script writing. She has been given awards and nominations for her independent films from the Tribeca Film Festival as of most recently. And it's just one of those things that when you see her, when she comes on, you'll see what I mean. It's kind of one of the things where I don't want to give too much away. I think because she's so close to my heart, it's something that I don't really want to gush about too much, you know? Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. Mom, I'm on. I'm, we're, we're recording a uh, podcast episode right this second. Like... Can you hear her? Okay. You can't. Okay. Love you. <laughs> Hi, hero. Bye. Hi, hero. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye. 
<laughs> oh, that'd be so cute. I totally interrupted so you. So cute. Um, but so anyways, um, so Emily is, uh, I think, she, if I remember correctly, she's the first family member besides my mom, maybe my dad as well, that I actually came out to um, when I realized how I could verb verbally understand what that meant. And she's just been the biggest supporter and the most similar. I find like I love all my family and my cousins differently. Um, but Emily is one of the people that I felt she's like, my true sister, you know, she's the other person in the family that I really feel understands that gets me that can relate to me without even have to open my mouth. We just see each other. And that's something really rare for anyone to find. And so the fact that I have that as a family member is something that I cherish for life. And um, most of my family, I mean, my first cousins are of course in a similar generation, like you and my, you and I, you and me, but my other family members are a lot lot older so it's nice to know that i have family members um even if it's a few especially like emily that i can lean on and that i have you know knocking on my glass table that i have in my life for 50 60 years like i have her like that's family i have that you know unconditional family um and then same with my cousins in toronto i have them as well the connection that emily and i have i think because of our backgrounds and our personality types and just how we might have grown up there was just a synchronicity and it started to really present itself when we were probably, well, she's a, wait, if I'm 28, I think she's in her early 30s. I think she's closer to my age, but I could be wrong. But yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I'm trying to think because her brother, her brother, Josh, who I'm actually seeing later today, actually, which is awesome. He's, they're dual, they're dual citizens, right? Because of Canadian and then my, um, my mom's uncle, so my uncle once with Leo, he went to New York for school and stayed, and then he got married to my aunt Jill. So that's why they're dual, because they have Canadian and American citizenship. So Josh is actually here in Vancouver right now doing school, and so that's why I'm seeing him later, because I actually have one half of the, my cousins here, which Lucky. is really unique. I, lo I love you, USA. Like, I would travel to you all the time and i really fucking feel for you right now for sure but no kidding you to have that dual citizenship right now <laughs> yeah i know seriously um, um but she so i i did look i looked up your cousin and i just before we hopped on she is fucking talented holy toledo and she has like she has um uh, i guess for a lack of better words she's got a band too she's yes got yes yeah videos um and so talented like she's and i love it because she's she's got everything from like she can go one way which is like hardcore comedy and like she does skit comedy which is yes. comedy which is bloody hilarious and she'll um highlight that on her socials um specifically what i've seen on instagram and then with like her music this music video that is very touching and very much more a little bit more subdued and more dramatic and like she's just got the full and then like you said triple threat like singing and acting and 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 writing and i mean like crazy yeah. and dance yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and she's definitely um getting <clears throat> much more recognized now in the last year i would say oh excuse me <coughs> oh. the jewish, jewish hork um but no, like she's definitely getting more recognized um, by larger platforms and doing pitches and stuff to bigger production companies, uh, film and TV. Um, I don't know much about that, of course, because it's private, understandably, you know, like you got to be careful with things like that. 
but she is getting more exposure and getting more visibility for her talent. And she was um, actually, I should talk about this, but she went to Middlebury um, College in Vermont, which is one of the top 20 schools uh, for performance and theater in the world, I believe. Really? And she graduated from there with, I want to say with distinction. Um, we'll let her talk about that. But she graduated with a high praise. And she's been in many, many, many um, off-Broadway productions of like The Spelling Bee, I can remember, Cabaret, um, a couple other uh, shows as well. well Sweet Charity. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Hi. Hello, cousin. How are you? my gosh i'm good how are you guys good oh my god it's so nice to see you oh my god it's been way too long oh air hugs oh my god it's so sad <laughs> it's so fucking sad no, so I fucking sad i was just saying actually last night that i feel like we're we're gonna need some major support groups for reintegration yeah. like there's a thing I think that's going to start to happen where there, there will be legitimate like therapy as to how the fuck do you reintegrate? Cause people like, Oh my God, like mental health is one thing throughout this pandemic, but like to actually now reintegrate into society and kind of totally. totally I, know. I know it's so true. Reintegrate and like re take it slow in terms of like socializing. How do we talk to people? How do we, mm -hmm. how do we, Yeah. How do we socialize? That is that is something that's rusty for sure. Right, I so know. Strange. They gotta they gotta change lyrics of sexual healing and just so show healing healing. Hang on. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> Emily, it's so nice to meet you. Likewise, I likewise. Um, and you are such. You're more than a triple threat. I was just on your website and I was also watching one of your music videos. I think oh, it was fun. Oh gosh, what was the one with all the lovely people and it's it's quite heartwarming and oh, beautiful life. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, oh yeah. Thank so, you. You're welcome. Like I just I'm just blown away by your talent. So and it's yeah. no wonder that you live where you live because there's just so many right talented people where you right. are. So right. how how are you? I'm pretty great. I mean, it's this, you know, 2020 was like so strange and, mm -hmm. and weirdly like really wonderful for me in terms of creative work and which is just work for me. Um, so it was sort of like a, it had a big silver lining. That's another thing that I've been realizing is like people did get something out of this year I mean that's a you know it, it, it manifested differently for everyone but there was a, I think for a lot of people that I've spoken to there were these little moments those little nuggets of like wisdom or experience or opportunity um and for me yeah it was pretty it was a pretty cool year in terms of work so I'm doing okay I just I actually just literally pressed submit on a project like five minutes ago um exciting uh, I'm drinking Love wine. It. Just kidding. This is coffee. <laughs> oh my god! If you have wine in there, I don't blame you at I all. I don't. I don't. Um, I have. But this is my second large. So this is like I've had like I think five cups. Is probably what it is. There you go. Amazing, amazing. Me and every day. But you, <laughs> yeah. But you're. It's afternoon where you are. So true. 
Yeah, you're three hours ahead. You're in the future. You're in the mm-hmm. afternoon already. I'm <laughs> in the future. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting because what, uh, like, just because you're, I've maybe correct if I'm wrong, but your main form of your medi- medium, so to speak, was like live stuff. No, for a, a while. Yeah, I um, I sort of, I've been transitioning into more like film, digital media, TV, a lot of writing, some producing. And that's not stuff you always see because it's not, you know, it's behind the the scenes, behind the camera. Um, So yeah, more of that. And that's actually what I went into 2020 wanting to do more of anyway. And so it kind of forced that because, right, live performance and live art was, you know, put on pause. So that was part of the like silver lining. It, It sort of like... I was forced to cut away the fat that I was hoping to anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I'm an actor in terms of, you know, my origins, but um, definitely in the past, like, I would say probably three years, maybe more. I, I, I only wanted to take acting opportunities if they like helped support the other, like, the writing and the other things that I wanted to do sort of more long-term. So it's been sort of a, an evolution, but I definitely, I love doing it. If it's like, if it's like a role that I really like or think it's, or think it's funny. Otherwise I'm, so I'm not really a true actor because real actors, that's what they do. They'll do it no matter what till the day they die. Mm-hmm. And that's just not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So to answer your question, what I've been doing is in, is in develop. I've been in development for a big project, and that is something that we've been able to do in this time because it's all, it's meetings on Zoom, it's writing, it's pitching, it's talking. It's so no, we haven't. We we I went on set for like for all of the fall, but basically, it's been yeah, develop development. So that's, that's been cool. Yeah, that's been really cool. Um, but but of course like it's been sad to see my peers and colleagues like not be able to do what they do. That's been hard. Well, and you're so close to Broadway. And so that's yeah. just, yes. Um, that, that's, that's, that was crazy. And it remains to be really wild. <laughs> is there any, like, is there any talk of a timeline or? Um, I last I read was like this Spring, like this May or June of 2021. I don't know. That seems soon. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I've also like lost touch with time and space. So I don't even know what day it is. I don't <laughs> exactly. know what the name is. I don't know where I am. I'm like, it's we're offloading through the ether. I have no idea. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's yesterday, today, tomorrow, and if tomorrow doesn't even exist yet. So like, it's just like why, today. And, right. And my like my recent discovery is like, why do we have names for days? Like right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyway, um, I don't really know, but I will say that I have a, a lot of really good friends who worked on Broadway, you know, where theater really was their full-time life, and Ugh. they were left, I mean, you're left out to dry, so yeah. hopefully in the near future. It's also just, like, such a huge part of New York City that it's pretty wild that it's, you know, yes. on hiatus, but um, yeah, yeah, it'll be nice to be back in that, in that space when, when possible. 
Absolutely. And on that note, considering actually New York is one of the few cities I've actually been to, and Brooklyn I've been to once and went to your apartment, so I don't know Brooklyn at all. What's the street traffic been like? What's the actual movement of the city? Because that's a city that relies on everyday movement and and, and engagement and stimulation. And has that changed at all or, or no? Yeah, it is definitely, yes, it is definitely quieter for sure. It's a lot less bustling. I mean, I don't really spend very much time in Manhattan. I've been there a little bit to see my parents and Mm -hmm. um, to Mm. do some things here and there. But I mean, I don't know. I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see without actually going there (laughs) to see what like Midtown is like in Manhattan. I have no idea. Um, But certainly less traffic, less foot traffic, fewer people. There's been a great exodus. I mean, a lot of people left definitely in, you know, spring of last year when it, when we had the surge here, it was a ghost, a ghost town. And I think just in general, like, yeah, it's that energy is not quite the same because it can't be. So no, yeah. Have you, have you lived in Canada before? No, I have never. Um, I like grew up going there when I was a kid. I, we went there like three times a year. It's a good segue. Yeah. And then as, and then in later years, like once a year. Um, so I've been a million times. I'm a Canadian citizen. That's what, and Hero told me that. And that's why I was curious. Cause yeah. yeah. So maybe I'll live there at some point. Um, yeah, please, please I, do. Yeah. I mean, things are not looking very good over here in this country. So um, who knows? I know. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I haven't been paying attention, but there must be a lot of dual citizens that maybe just flocked to Canada <laughs> pretty, pretty early on. I have no idea if there's like statistics with that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like probably if anyone is smart, then that's probably what they did. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. But like, seriously though, on that side note, before you digress back to the past, uh, yeah, definitely please move here. And I've got my apartment and you've been in my apartment. You know how much space I have. Seriously. Yeah, you always sweet. have a bed for sure. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, See you in seven hours. Oh my God, please fucking come. I swear to God. Hollywood North needs you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the interesting thing too, because like, as you just said, Hollywood North with Vancouver, like I know there's a lot of production happening in Canada now and seeing, you know, we do follow even on Instagram that are just like actors and whatnot. They're like, yep. So I'm in Canada now. I'm quarantining for and I'm on this show or that show and we're right. getting yeah. going. So maybe it's happening more here than it is in the States. Yeah. There, yes, totally. A good friend of mine has been in Vancouver shooting um, a show. Tons of, tons of TV and film are there. Um, yeah. It's curious to know, like, interestingly enough, it still doesn't always mean that the creative work is there. Like mm. it often means that like the writer's room is still in Los Angeles or still in New York, but the production is there. So there are, it, it kind of depends on, on the show. True. Um, and the medium yeah. that you're producing into. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested in, um, also just like it, what a beautiful, Vancouver is just such a beautiful place. It's so different from New York. Like it's just, it's yeah. yeah. So it's very, I'm, I'm compelled. I'm very compelled. I actually, I actually do think you would thrive in Vancouver because it is such a small city, and they Vancouver loves people to come from somewhere else. I just have noticed right. that they're like, oh, new flavor, ooh, new mm. this, ooh, new that. Oh, and and they've got social skills, and oh, they're not afraid. Oh, they're not shy. Oh, look at that. Oh, they can do everything. Oh, let's take advantage of them. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. 
just as expensive as New York. So you could, you would fit right in there. <laughs> oh my God. Is it really? Yeah. But I would say it's actually, I would say, would, Rachel, wouldn't you say that Vancouver is slightly more accessible uh -huh. than New York or, or, or no? Um, more accessible? I don't, you mean, as like, like financially? Oh man, I don't know if, with, with what the statistics are, maybe slightly, but Vancouver was like, was voted like one of the most, um, in, inaccessible as far as financial financially goes to live. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the world, but it was fucking up up there, man. I muted yeah. myself because there's a fire engine outside. Oh, that's what that was. I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like Zully, your dog. That does not sound like him. <laughs> I didn't hear you. Hold on one second while this passes. There we go. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. I want to, know more about because like because you grew up with hero obviously being cousins and yeah. i want to know about how did emily get to where she is now like how did you um get to wanting to do what you're doing and being so creative did you did you grow up in a very creative family where this was yeah yes no i mean yes no yes no <laughs> i mean my parents are not uh creatives they're creative they're very thinkers you know they're they're and they're like new york like i mean i don't know if they would call themselves this but i see them as you know sort of that classic new york hippie ish like they're they're both therapists um they've been living in new york forever they have been in the village and since they met which is was in the 70s like they're you know Cool. So meaning, I think that, and they, they're big patrons of the arts. They love the arts. So I was definitely, you know, immersed in that world as a, as a young person and went to see a lot of theater and dance and loved, you know, loved theater and loved movies. I watched it probably way too much like TV and movies as a kid. I, there was no kind of like, there were no rules. I have to pick a bone with them. Um, but <laughs> they, yeah. So I just, I was very, it was, it surrounds you. It definitely surrounds you here. Um, so, and as a kid, I started performing and doing, and I started singing as, as a pretty young kid. I like did voice lessons really young and was started training in that, in that regard. Um, and my voice teacher from a really young age was this woman, Marnie Nixon, who's no longer alive. Um, mm -hmm. But she was this incredible singer and teacher and sweet, sweet person. And she was um, really well known in the field because Dolly <laughs> boy. Wow, really big, really big dick over there. I'm big Zolly. That's gonna give everyone heart attacks who's listening. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so sorry. Whenever he barks like that, I'm like, oh, someone's got a big dick. Wow. <laughs> He's protecting me. Thank yeah. you. Okay, thank you. That's really nice of you. I'm, I'm okay though. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god. Oh, so it's Marnie. So Marnie was um, Marnie was the voice behind the stars. She was the she was the singer. She was the voice for um, Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady and Deborah Carr in The King and I and Natalie Wood in West Side Story. Like all these iconic performances. Wow. She was the singer. It, behind these stars she, she had this like fascinating story and and I just love sharing that because she was such an amazing individual um but so I was doing that a lot as a kid and and theater and um yeah just kept doing it throughout uh, middle school and high school and 
you know, remained really like academic as well in high school. And so I didn't end up going to a conservatory for college. I went to just a liberal arts school where I could like still do kind of everything, um, which ends up being, a, I think, an important choice in in reflecting on like what my life looks like now, which is a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I did study theater and I studied psychology um, and I did a lot of like, I did film projects and, you know, started like getting my feet wet in that terrain. Um, and then out of college, I definitely knew that if I wanted to like, if I wanted to try acting in a significant way, you can't, you do kind of have to focus on it. Um, so I did that for a little bit and had like the most, some of the most spectacular times of my life being on stage and doing theater projects and going to different cities and doing shows. I mean, truly like, the most fun there is, is to meet a group of people that you spend anywhere from like two to six months with being in this family, you know, being so close, creating something together. And then, yeah, it's really magic. Um, With that said, it didn't sustain my creative. I always, I wanted to create my own content essentially. Like that's really what I have always wanted Mm -hmm. to do which is where like the directing and the writing and stuff has come in. Um, yeah. I find that it's, it's interesting because my, my parents actually were musical theater performers. Oh my God. Yeah. So I grew up in a very, it's funny. Cause when you said you had like no rules or no, um, <laughs> or no, like, it's like, Oh, she could just watch TV till her eyes just fall off, you know, or <laughs> her head. Um, it's, it was kind of similar in that respect, but what mm. I'm at is my mom and, I love you, mom. Sorry if I'm like giving too much information here, but I think it's okay. (laughs) Um, My mom after a while was kind of like, okay, like this is what I love to do, but it's not going to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So so she went to do some, you know, other kind of work, which she does now, which has had nothing to do with um, the arts or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Whereas my dad kept just trying and trying and trying. And he was, he kept doing that and wanted to be an actor and and instead instead of being on the stage he wanted to get in more film and tv so mm-hmm. like what I'm trying to get at is my you know you talked about doing um some schooling in psychology was that like a like a fallback plan or was there any kind of um yeah. idea that like you know that that you knew that being in the arts was it's hard I mean it's fucking hard it's like they always talk about the starving artist right so mm. Was that, was that something that you ever thought about or? Not then. The, the psychology thing in school was very much like a, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I very much like could have done that, you know, yeah. um, definitely as an adult, I've had a lot of moments of like, yeah, what, what are the other possibilities? Are there any? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there aren't really for me. I mean, there are in terms of like the other aspects of this in, of of the sort of of entertain of the entertainment industry, right? Like, I, like yeah. I mentioned, I'm I'm no longer like an actor track, um, but it's still hard to be all the other things. Um, right. I think at this point, like this is my this is my world. I, if I do something, it's not going to be a 180. It's just like it's, it's very unlikely. Uh, with that said, I have thought about being a therapist uh, because it is definitely something that's like in my veins and comes naturally and is very interesting and has the psychology element to it um 
but yeah, I would say it's, it's, it's unlikely that I'm leaving the, the leaving the path at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's good. Cause you, you have so many facets of, it's not like you just, you just got the one thing. Whereas I think with my family, like there was kind of like, this is the one thing right. I want to do. And I have no, I don't want to um, mm-hmm. compromise that or, you know, get right, that right, right, right. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, we've been talking to a few people, like, um, I'm going to bring up Jay again, but Jay Rodriguez, who is one of the original Queer Eye guys, and he's mm-hmm. a performer. And I was just thinking about like, you know, all those people that are the starving artist thing is ha- really happening a lot again, yeah. like mm-hmm. more than ever, I think for people. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that you have, you know, other things that you're doing that you, it's just it's like serendipitous mm-hmm. for you. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah, it has. And it wasn't like hard. I wasn't like, oh, I, I wonder how I'm going to, it was, or it was very organic to sort of integrate the other, the other things. Um, I will say that like collaboration is key. I don't work alone. You know, I really don't like, of course you write in a vacuum in a, to a certain degree, but I have people that I work with. I have a, a, one of my main creative partners is like a huge part of everything that I do. And that's, that's huge. I mean, being, having someone that cares about something as much as you do is not only is it beautiful and like have such great value. It's, it's essential. It is. Otherwise you are, I mean, for me, right. Not for everyone, but for me it is because I don't want to be like the only one who cares about something, especially because it's fiction. (laughs) Cause fiction is like, I don't know. No, it's true. (laughs) <laughs> it's totally true though because you even talk about like collaboration when you have collaboration you have accountability and when it's on your own you really have to be your own motivator and you have no one checking you or evaluating you except for your audience which is also honestly the most important part but at the same time it's not necessarily because you know the intent behind your production and creative uh vision mm-hmm. so if you have someone that's creating with you and you both keep each other accountable then even if it doesn't relate to everybody at least you know that you got the relation that you were wanting to have you got the product that you wanted to produce right and our podcast is a good example like i couldn't do this without rachel and she sure couldn't do it without me we couldn't do it without each other yeah no i yes it's true no absolutely because we also we have different strengths too Mm -hmm. right so that's where yeah yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and one thing i wanted to say as well kind of as a segue of psychology is that psychology is just a life skill and you know i've been in therapy for over 20 years just based on how fucked i fucked up i am and i wanted to get better but in terms of going into acting and people development, psychology is like the perfect backbone of acting and, and character study anyway. So you can apply that to everything. It's a transferable skill. Everyone should have a yoga teacher training, not a basic bitch teacher training, and a psychology background if they have an ac- academic um, bone in their body. Those are life skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And you've, pro- and you've provided that as a segue into one of your more recent um, kind of mini series that you did, which was um, Blush Golden, the Insta Life Coach, which is hilarious. So fucking funny. And also, I just felt like you were playing yourself just a little bit more, you know, zhuzhed up. It wasn't like that much of a stretch, which is what's even more authentic. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I did some of those. Um, yeah, that was so fun. That was so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was so stupid. I love stupid. I love being stupid. Um, You know, it's so, what was, what was interesting about that project was I I actually made that last in 2009. 
2019? Yeah, the fall of 2019 is when we shot all of those. Oh, I had wow. a, a, a comedy platform reach out to me and ask me to do it. They gave me like a little bit of money to make 10, which is a lot. Wow. I know. And I was like, that's a lot of work. And But I thought I wanted to do it. I wanted to do this character anyway. So yeah. I, I thought that whatever, uh, at least it won't be my own money. Um, so it was really fun to, yes, to get to kind of actually release them in 2020 because it was such mm-hmm. a dark time that it was fun to just like get to share stuff that had nothing to do with the global pandemic or the state of our nation or you know, <laughs> any of the other dark chaos that was, you know, circling us. So no kidding. It was, it was fun. And um, yeah, so I'm submitting that to like web series festivals and stuff. They're probably not really a good friend of mine. Actually, my friend who plays um, Cosmo, the, the like the gay assistant. Yes. He, he texted me yesterday and he was like, what do you think about like developing this into a further series? And I was like, eh, probably not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it'll be fun if it gets into some festivals and can we can just sort of like, yeah. you know, because it's all about really like expanding network and meeting more people that are mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. And so I'm Rachel, I love how you've been very um, like inquiring about Emily and her background and stuff. And so going further into that, I thought it'd be interesting before we kind of take a step back to the past and then back to the present um, a little bit more in depth about, again, like I know you went to Middlebury. I don't know anything about Middlebury except that I think it's one of the top 20 colleges in the States for the performing arts. Is that correct? Or in the world? It's a it's definitely one of the top somethings or others. It's yeah. a very, very good school. Yeah. 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 And and so leading into that, I remember actually like taking it back. Some of the more recent memories I have is that I remember we were in your in your bedroom and you were packing to go to Paris. And I think this might have been bef- I think it was your gap year, I think, in Middlebury. You were going to Paris, is that? And then that's when you really started to get into Further, and you were with the Mama Jamas, you had like a, another band, and then Emma and the Fates. So you kind of had some little stories between the diff- singing, acting, dancing. And I'm curious to kind of know um, the stuff that I don't know, but some of the other stuff that you've experienced in productions and stage theater and the steps that got you to kind of where you're talking about more recently, like right now. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what's the question? <laughs> Basically, kind of like taking it back a little bit in terms of where you began to get to where you are now. Like you talked about school, you've talked about the stage of theater. What are some of the things that you actually did? Right. Okay. Totally. Um, So, yeah. So, I I love that you referenced that memory. Oh, my God. How special. How cool. Mm -hmm. What a a moment. Um, Before I went to Paris. How fascinating. Yes, that was in 2008. Wow. Holy moly. Um. That, yeah, that was so, so, so cool. I did, right. So I, I, um, in college, I did a lot of theater um, and was in an acapella group. Nice. Um, It was so fun. Such a family. Actually, really great. Two of the mama dramas, Casey and Catherine, are my, are the other two female singers in my band. Oh, wow. They're my backup singers. And, you know, uh, the three of us do these really rich three-part harmonies. And um, that's a M big one. M and the Fates. Follow them on Instagram. M and the Fates. M and the Fates. M and the Fates. Yeah, I mean, listen, M and the Fates, we haven't seen the band in a year. Yeah, we've done, not almost a year. We've done some quarantine recordings and stuff like that. And we're about to release um, another single. And really cool, are doing... 
there's a uh, New York Film Academy is doing a film musical and they asked us to do the music for the musical. So oh. like it's them and the fates music, like beautiful life is there isn't the story in the context of, of the narrative. And yeah, it's neat. It's wow. really cool. So I am working wow. with that remotely. Um, Great. Yes. Uh, but yeah, to, to backtrack a little bit. So um, yeah, I think that I, I knew you know, I knew I loved singing. I knew I loved performing. And then I, I didn't really start. And I knew I loved writing. Like I, I wrote plays and I wrote scenes and I, and I was involved in writing, directing in college, but I didn't take that to the next level until probably like four years out of college where I started writing my own music for the band, created the band, uh, which really came out of uh, like a one woman kind of cabaret show that I did for a while where I did really fun arrangements of, of songs of, you know, did cover songs. Um, and out of that, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm sort of experiencing what it's like to rewrite a song that's really in existence and um, just had inspiration there to write my own music um, in this style of the sort of like old school, like pop rock full band, very like, bright, good feeling kind of music. Um, but also with like a little bit of a subverted content. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was, that's how I'm in the fates was born. And it for a while was like kind of the forefront of my creative uh, juice. And then, and then kind of like, with that said, I always knew that I wasn't, I wasn't like trying to be like a, a, a pop star. I was as wanting to play with shows a lot with, with that group of people and write with them. But it, it was always kind of like a, another love. Um, and yeah. And then I would say that, you know, I worked at, in the acting stuff. Like I worked with, um, you know, an agent and a manager for a while, did a lot of really amazing roles in musical theater. Rachel, I'm sure your, your parents would know some of the wild shows. Um, I might too. I- <laughs> uh, yeah I did let's see like I did um I did I was in Cabaret I was in Sweeney Todd I was in Into the Woods I was in um Into the Woods is one of my favorite musicals I don't know what it is but there's me too me too or just songs um anyway and who did you play in Into the Woods I was Little Red really yeah, I was like a sort of like obnoxious like sassy Little Red it was really fun. It was the best. And again, I'll say like uh, my friend Michael who played Cosmo and Insta Life Coach was in that production of Into the Woods. And that is to say like every show just brings all of these people who remain, some of whom remain just huge fixtures in your life forever. So it's really a beautiful thing. Um, uh, so yeah, just like a ton of wonderful productions. Um, and all the while like doing the audition life, which is... For some, nice. For me, not so much. Not even because it was so nerve. The rejection and stuff, like I could handle. And actually, I'm so grateful for now because now I don't. Rejection is like doesn't matter to me, which is amazing because it really allows you to like dive in full throttle to something and really just like. Not the rejection doesn't matter. It hurts if you want something really bad, of course, mm-hmm. and you get a no. But acting just like. It's the most vulnerable thing you can do is stand in a room and sing for people or, or try to be good for people or try to be good for yourself and them. Uh, so it's just, it's, give, it's given me some in, enormous life skills. Um, 
But in any event, I felt like this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about like what made me integrate more of the creative work, like the creator work rather, um, was that as an actor, I always felt limited by my lack of being able to like actively contribute. It was a very passive role for me. Um, when you're in a show or on stage or in a movie or on whatever, that's different. But the lifestyle of like auditioning and like waiting for someone to tell you what to do, waiting, it just wasn't really, I'm not, that's not where I feel comfortable in like the lineup. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I feel, especially as I got older, I just felt more comfortable, like calling the shots on, on a set or like, writing the words that people were saying or helping to direct or helping to produce or helping to cultivate someone's vision, even if it's not mine. But there's something about the audition life that like, it felt a little too boring, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. So somewhere I would say like maybe in maybe like 2013 or I remember, I think, I think it was 2013 or 14. I made my first, um, Oh, decline um <laughs> i made that's lucy my best friend facetiming me uh, anytime she wants um uh here i know lucy um yeah uh blah, 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 blah. what was i saying um, you're talking about 2013 and then creating your own content that's right that was the first time that i remember i did a i did a sketch called galmance um yes and autumn and it was just like us making fun of ourselves essentially yeah and that was just like, I don't know, it got picked up by like some fun online women and comedy uh, platform. And mm-hmm. huh. I just had so much fun doing that. I just, I, I had more fun doing that than like kind of many of the other things that I'd done acting wise. And that sort of was the spark of, of mm-hmm. the more like creator content um, yes. stuff. Yeah. And since then I've done a lot of, yeah, like sketch comedy, a lot of writing, you know, TV writing, film writing, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing that I'm in development for now is it is um is a TV show that is based on um the project that premiered at Tribeca Film Festival in 2020. So cool. Yeah. So that was sort of like a vomit, but I think No, it's perfect. No, it's perfect. Well, no, it's perfect. And I can also say, like, I feel like I, it's funny, it's funny, I can say, like, I knew you went, but no, because we're family, which is even more special to say that. It's like, no, I've known you forever. But no, I, I, but I remember when we were in, when my mom and I were in Manhattan, um, I mean, I haven't been in New York probably for five, six years, so it's been a while already. Um, it was actually for Thanksgiving. That's when I went, remember? Yeah. You're right. <clears throat> That's right. But, a couple trips before that, we saw you in Spelling Bee. And I think that might have been the first time I saw you in a, in live theater, I believe, other than your bat mitzvah. <laughs> but I think we have to talk about that. That's a good story that you can share. share. But um, but yeah, but I remember seeing you in Spelling Bee and just looking at you with awe and admiration because I think it was the first time I saw you that was not in like, you know, all the freaking every minute of your life that your parents always continued to film you and your family book because your parents love the video record you guys every minute, which I wish my family did too. Thanks, yeah. mom and dad. But yeah, I would yeah. see a spelling bee, and I was like, "That's my cousin. Like that. That's my sister right there. Like I am so proud of her. You know. Like I would only wish I could be like her. And now I do that in my own way. But you know, at that point, like those are prolific moments. You see people that are living their their life, living their dream, the craft. And that was fucking funny too, man. Like you did such a great job in that production. Everyone did. 
Thank you. Yeah, that was <laughs> such a fun show. Oh my god. We still talk about that. That show I could have done forever and ever. It was, there was so much improv and it was such a blast. I'm so glad you got to see that. That's right. It was so yeah. fun. Oh yeah, for sure. So good. I'm trying to think of it. And then I saw you, well, this was, I don't think this is you um, with Em in the face. I think this was you with a couple friends, but again, your friend, name escapes it, but man, he was hot and he was really good in bed. But um, he was the owner of the West End, of the West End Cafe. Oh, right. Hold on. <laughs> Hold oh the roll. Oh my god. I was so, so pissed off that he and I couldn't turn into something more than what it was. Well, I felt a little bit, I remember being like, oh no, am I a bad older cousin? I like let, I let Hero like run off with this guy. I don't even really, because I didn't know him super well. I just uh -huh. knew, I was like, I was like, I hope he's not a full like predat predatorial. Guy. Right. But right, no, he wasn't. I to know that it was mutual. So much screen, I'm like, what? It was so funny because, okay, I mean, I can't remember all the details, but really, really nice guy. Um, yeah. And I'm totally fine to divulge this, but I, before I came to New York that time, um, there was a, a, a guy that was in my building and we slept together and he didn't want to have, he only wanted to have uh, sex unprotected. And at that point, I was very, 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 adamant of like not but i caved in because i was like oh my god i just need that moment we all have those moments where we just need to get laid and so i was freaking out and then the next day i was traveling to see emily and my family and then the entire trip go figure i'm seeing signs and signals everywhere about hiv positive testing all these other things and i'm freaking out and my mother is going off and off and off and stuff which um, any mother would and i'm so want to not to wear my heart on my sleeve and just say like i did this i did that blah 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 and so i kept it to myself the entire entire time and so on the very last day of that trip in, in new york yeah remember yeah I remember telling you this. And so I remember we were going through the intersection of Nolita and Child and Child Town. Wow, hero. Um, Chinatown. Yeah. And um Childtown. Yeah, Childtown, whatever. And I remember there was this poster for um a musical. My God, stop living fucking son. Um, but yeah, there is this um musical backdrop poster for some I believe it was a black musical and it was about the cast and the main character was living with HIV and AIDS and about him coming out to his family or him hiding it. And I remember my mother actually stating that, man, I hope that never happens to you. Oh God. And it was just the two of us. And I was like, just freaking out because I didn't have a chance to get tested. I mean, like I had to get tested when I came back from Manhattan, right? And so then I go to this incredible show and I see this fucking hot man who seems like a total nice guy. I think he's from the Midwest, if I'm not mistaken. So he was really lovely. This, this is interesting. But anyways, so um, we, yeah. So after the show ended, I, like I said to Emily, like, oh my God, he's really cute. Like, like should I? And so she's like, yeah, go for it, whatever. Um, and so he was flirting with me a lot. I don't think Emily said anything at all. And then after the show, and he's like, yeah, what are you doing after? Do you want to go? And people don't do that in Vancouver. Not that I really go out to those venues in Vancouver. It's always when you travel, you do things you normally wouldn't do at home. But I was so taken aback by like someone actually asking me out and wanting to pursue me, even if it was like a quick fling. No, yeah. so we went back to wherever he was and we went to, um, he took me out for dinner, paid, was such so lovely. Went back to his place, talked for a bit. And then of course, like we we did got, got to doing our thing and then of course i let him like fuck me unprotected i was like what are you doing 
what are you doing? And so then, anyway, so I told my mom, I'm going to be home late. I know that we have to get up at six in the morning or whatever, five in the morning to get our flight back to Vancouver. So I get back at like 1.30 a.m. to your parents' place, Emily. And I'm there. And of course, my mom is like sleeping or whatever. And then she's like, hey, do you have a good time? Are you okay? Or whatever. And I think I was watching the finale of season two of RuPaul's Drag Race at the time on the computer. And before, and I just stayed up the whole night. And then it finally, I kind of like caved and told my mom mm. about what happened here in my place. And then what happened. And then, of course, understandably, she went very protective mother and then let alone a Jewish mother on me, giving me all the Jewish guilt. And... Um, yeah, it was very traumatizing. And I told her that I told her everything that she was saying through the entire trip, I kept inside because I was afraid of scrutiny and judgment and um, all of her understandable protection of me as her son. So it's interesting that that just came up when you when we were talking about that, but it was very interesting. Interesting aside. Yeah, yeah. That's a a traumatic experience. Yeah. It was. And when I came back, I got tested and I was negative. I was so relieved. Of course, I was relieved. But as an aside to that, I think that's a really great segue for the, not the rest of the discussion, but for where we are on that chat. And as my face is like the two-faced woman from Seinfeld, um, talking about um, kind of like our childhood a little bit and kind of just how, because honestly, Emily, I don't remember when I first met you. Like, I feel like you've always been in my life. So that's what I find very interesting. Well, yeah, totally. I have, yeah. Like, what's what's the difference between you and me? Six, seven years? You're in your early 30s, right? I'm 33. 33. And I'm turning 29 next in two weeks. So, yeah, four years. So not that much of a difference. It's it's Josh, who's um, my cousin, your older brother, who's in his three years older than you. He's 30, just turned 37, I think. Four years older than me. Four years older. Okay, yeah. So 37. That makes sense. So, yeah. So, like, I mean, my earliest memory of Emily is definitely when um, Josh, her brother, my cousin, and then Leo and Jill, who are my aunt and uncle, once removed. So, my mom's aunt and uncle, actually, which is what's kind of confusing. They would always, you guys would always come for Hanukkah, usually. And if it wasn't for Hanukkah, definitely for Passover. Definitely for Passover. That was the, that was... Yeah. And so I would always remember that we would always go, it, like there was, this is the tradition. I don't know why, how or why it started, but they would come in. We would meet at Earl's restaurant on Broadway and Fur on yeah. the corner there in the patio. I'd be, we'd keep coming in, you know, when it was, and then after that, we would usually go to the beach or go somewhere and stuff. And then crazy family has to all figure out what the hell is going on. 15 people. And it would just be the, it's like, it never changes. And it's the most annoying, frustrating debacle <laughs> in my life. And I just like, I've distanced myself intentionally because of it. But my point is that's what the whole ordeal was. And then everyone's like, I don't know. And no one wants to make a fucking decision, but <laughs> you know, just whatever we go with the flow, we're Canadians, whatever we're on vacation, you know? And it's like all the awkward tension, but we go to the beach, Stanley park, get, bikes or whatever um and then usually end up at dinner usually at my aunt's place or we would cycle through and it would usually be like that like my place aunt's place go for chinese do it at the same freaking restaurant on sunday night and then in between it was kind of just like the vancouver staples right and then chilling out at either of our houses for shabbat dinner that's my earliest memory can we talk about for a second because there's there was a lot there hero but but <laughs> go figure we know each other very well it's yeah but my what I want to get into is the Jewishness obviously I mean getting juicy there's a commonality but there's a commonality between the three of us and then when you're talking about like you know um being uh indecisive (laughs) and 
there's so all these characteristics or things that I can definitely attest to as well with my family. Is that a Jewish thing? What a great question and such a good point, Rachel. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Jewish thing, but it, it, it feels, I think it is. It's just sort of like, oh, I don't know. Should, uh, we could do this or we could do that. Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't think it's the indecisive thing as much as, as it is like a thing of talking something, saying the same thing over and yeah. over. Cute. Oh my god, that's exactly like me with my mental health. Oh my god, is that a Jewish thing? Could <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be. My husband needs to listen to this because it's okay. So this this is an interesting could be it could be an interesting segue. Um, I married a non-Jew. I am ish. So like you know, it's my kind of my upbringing. My mom converted before I was born, but she came from more of a, a little bit of a Christian family. Mm. My parents aren't together anymore, but. Um, what I've been struggling with actually lately is being with a partner that is not Jewish. And then just realizing there's so many characteristics that I have that I can't really explain or get him to, to really get with mm. like, you know, either be mental health or like constantly having to question everything. He's like, how many fucking questions do you need to ask me about something? And I'm like, four. <laughs> so four, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I think just, um, it's just nice to talk to people where you feel like there's, yeah, try. You're not, a, you're not alone. Alone? Yeah, exactly. It's true. I wonder it's true, because even if we're not religious, which I don't think any of us are, um, uh, we're still Jewish. Like, culturally, we're Jewish. It's, it's a, it is, I didn't really think much about that until kind of like the past few years of my life where I was like, oh, it is important to connect with Jewish people. Not exclusively. I'm not like seeking them out. And yet when I find that, I'm like, oh yeah, we we speak the same language. Like we totally do. There is, yeah, there is that thread. Um, but yes, totally. So we did, we did a lot of that hero. I love those memories that, 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 that resonates a lot. I mean, and to answer your question, like, or to, to reply, yeah. I, um, I remember you as a baby. Like I, my first memories of you are, you know, I was four when you were a baby. So <laughs> you were just like so cute and so wild and um, so fun. And so, and then like as a toddler and as like a young kid, you were so sweet and always like really excited when we came. And, you know, I remember just, I remember just feeling like really loved, you know, really, mm. really embraced every time I came. It was so, um, it was just so sweet and so fun. And like, like you said, the staples, like the Vancouver staples, that was such a, going to Vancouver was a huge part of my childhood uh, memory. Um, yeah, definitely Earl's. I don't know why we were obsessed with Earl's, but we were totally obsessed with Earl's. Was it, and it was also a matter of like, say it again? Owned by a Jewish family? No, I'm just kidding. Like, oh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I, I would assume no. Um, I also remember, like, for me, my brother was always a, like, where do we do our, do we sleep back? Who's, whose house are we sleeping over? Are we going to Nachmanis? Are we going to the Princes? Are we, go, like, where, you know, there was a little bit of a, like, who gets the New Yorkers kind of, you know, kids yeah. going everything vibe. Um, but, yeah, it was always really special. And, and again, to, to be, to speak about the Jewish stuff, like, we didn't have, we didn't celebrate anything. I mean, our Hanukkah was, like, a joke. No offense, Hanukkah. But um, ours was at least for sure. And so when we came to Vancouver for Passover, it was just such a, it was like, was meaningful to a certain degree that to get 
you know, into that tradition. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, it didn't necessarily make me like want to be a lot more Jewish than that, but it was really, really meaningful and, and mm-hmm. remains really meaningful. I mean, we still, we still go, we would have gone in April if, yep. um, oh, yeah. if the virus hadn't happened. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's lots of really special memories. Though for sure. When I think of Jew, like if I think of Jewish in North America, the first place I think of is New York City. Yes, totally. So Miami as well. Miami, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Miami is very Jewish. Yep. Why? Why is that? Did, did a lot of Jews come from Europe mostly to New York? Do we know? Do we know that? I'm just curious. I don't know the history. All I know is that yes, New York is just like the yeah is super Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's, I remember as a, you know, I went to college in Vermont, Middlebury is in Vermont. Um, and even a school like that, which is like a very, you know, uh, is a worldly institution. I remember going there and the, the Jewish population, student population was like two, two or 3% or something. Right. And it was wild. Cause I came from a place where like, yeah, a lot of people were Jewish mm-hmm. and, and even if they weren't Jewish, like being Jewish was is like in the culture. It's in the food. It's in the mm-hmm. atmosphere. It's in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you know, it, it it almost New York is a beautiful, exciting place, and also it's a bubble. It's a mm-hmm. it creates it fosters a certain kind of ignorance because you are not aware of what the rest of the country is like. New York yeah. is not America. <laughs> so interesting. Not America. So it's it's. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a double-edged sword in like growing up in a place like that where you kind of have blinders on in terms mm-hmm. of what other things look like uh, because mm-hmm. we're privileged to see so many different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And a couple other memories that I want to make sure we get logged here because, I mean, there's so many things that can come up and then it's understandable. We might forget or not even mm-hmm. think about them. But a couple of them, I was saying to this to Rachel briefly before we came on, I, you were actually the first, aside from my mom, and I, I would just hope, hope I came out to my dad before as well, but you were the first non-parent family member that I actually came out to. Mm. And I remember we were in Boos's old home. Boos was actually Ruth, Ruta, um, but our my eldest cousin Tamara. Um, she, when we were trying to say Bubby Ruth, uh, she couldn't say those words, so she combined said Boos. So when we say Boos, that's why Boosy was my name, my grandmother. Um, and we were actually in my mom's old bedroom in the house she grew up in. And I remember Emily usually would stay in my mom's old room, and so I remember us being on the bed, and I was saying to Emily, like you know. I wasn't uncomfortable by any means at all, but it was more like I've realized that's that's me and I connect with words to the thought and I can understand what the concepts are and stuff. And I remember you just saying, of course, which is why I told you, you know, like I'm not faced, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was one, that was a really special memory for me. So I, we can always, uh, I can always cherish that, which is great. How, how old were you, Hero? 12? Sounds right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I knew I was queer and gay my entire life, but as far as understanding the whole conceptual mm-hmm. measures of it, it wouldn't. It would have been around like starting at like ten or eleven, and then actually knowing when I was twelve when I hunt, when I tried to hunt my best friend in my basement in my from elementary school, which is a fun story as well. Oh, that's a good story. Great, yeah. we yeah. love that. We love yeah, exactly. I, I love that. That's a memory that you have, and I, I remember that too. And um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we had we got to share that and I got to yeah and you confided in me and that you know that's really Mm -hmm. really really special 
and then flipping it on a, to more of a humorous note, um, too. I remember, I don't know if I, sh- I might've shared this with you, Rachel, just like as friends and stuff, not in the podcast, but when we were, um, again, Passover and the whole family was over in our old basement. Um, and when we had our dog, hopefully, I don't know if Emily is going to remember what, what I'm talking about. Um, and we had a gazelle, a gazelle was like a shopping channel QVC product where it was like a free open range elliptical machine without yeah and so we had a dog named chai and so she was legitimately the most craziest bitch and now that emily you have a dog you can understand she was the craziest bitch that was untrained and like a wild beast and so she was going around and around and around in the basement because she was so excited and doing laps and it was kind of like a square track that she could go around corner to corner and so emily was like going crazy on this free range elliptical that would go linear back and forth kind of like an astral piston of a train yeah, and yeah. so she's like whoa, 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 look at me right doing a like her own infomercial impersonation and poor chai beelines right like t-bones right into the front swing motion of the machine and she gets like face bashed and not nothing happened in terms of hurting her physical body but she was so stunned and like like traumatized that she like was like the fuck and so from there she actually never went back in the basement until she got really old and she knew she could go shit and throw up down there and stuff and it was safe but Aww. from that point but i just remember like i wasn't pissed or angry but it was this one was like did that just happen <laughs> Oh no, I remember that. I remember that. Oh, right? Chai. Sorry, Chai. That's okay. There. It's karma it's for giving my cousin a black eye at my other cousin's uh, bar mitzvah when we were younger. We were dancing on the dance floor and Emily was there as well. And oh God, this is this memory lane, but it's too funny not to talk about. We were down memory lane and I was like, I'm a dancing spaz. Like I don't have any rhythm. Well, now I do, but I mean, you've taken my spit class, I've rhythm. But no, I was like, it's going like this and that, and I was the dancing spaz. And my poor cousin, this is uh, my middle cousin's bar mitzvah. So Naomi, Benjamin, and Tamar are my three first cousins. So they my mom's sister's kids that live in Toronto now. But when it was Benjamin's bar mitzvah, I believe. So I that would have been- No, it was your brother's bar mitzvah. Was it Zach's bar mitzvah? Really? Zach's bar mitzvah, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, 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 because I'm talking about you. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. But this okay. was actually, this, yeah, no, this was Benji. I hit someone I, twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. This is Benji's bar mitzvah. I have a thing with hitting people and being a spaz and just doing my own thing. No, I remember elbow checking <laughs> my poor cousin Naomi in the eye, <laughs> giving yes. her a black yes. eye. Yes, 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 yes. Her black eye. It, you're not, like, it, she actually did get... She got a black eye. She was like, went into the basement and like oh, I think yeah. my aunt or my mom like went and took care of her and and she was so pissed at me. So thank you for not holding a grudge against me. Oh, oh, that's so good. The second, okay, now I got three, but these these are really important good memories. The second is um, when we were at my brother's bar mitzvah and we turned our backyard into a tented um, venue and the, the DJ was playing and stuff. And I remember like celebrate was playing, you know, celebrate good times. Come on. Like that song was playing. And I remember we were all dancing and I had a glow stick and I was waving it around, weaving it around. And this is one of the great moments. I'm glad that, you know, Emily's father, my uncle Leo always had the major camera and he was always filming every moment. And we had the footage. I don't know if we have it anymore, but we did have the footage for a long time. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Got it. We got to find it. So anyways, so, um, 
Anyway, so I'm waving this glow stick around and I throw it up and, I, and it drops. I pick it up, I throw it up and it comes out of my hand again. And it goes up and I'm like turning around. And so at this rate, I'm like, you know, nine or 10. And it wings up and hits someone in the head. Who <laughs> was? Yeah, it, it, it was, yeah. So the person that it hit was like, actually the, I'm not going to get the, the shorthand relation correctly, but it was the, my uncle, Avihu, it was his sister's husband. So his, what is that, brother-in-law? Yeah. 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 So it was my uncle's brother-in-law. And he's like, a, like, he looks like a potato. Not in a negative, but he literally looks like a potato. He's super short. And his face is so wrinkly and like, and I swear to God. And he and so he's just like, you know, putzing around like a little penguin that can't walk. And then boom, like, he, and he's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's amazing footage. The glow stick. Amazing footage. It, it, it was a glow stick, I think. It was a glow it stick. In the head. It's so funny. It's it was, so it was literally of, of not being a funny kid and being the most awkward. That was like my claim to fame and up the popularity chart in, in our family um, at that point. So I took pride in that. Oh, yeah. hilarious. And, and the last one, which you can speak to, because this was something very pivotal in your life was your bat mitzvah. Mm, yeah okay so previous to okay so it was her speaking of it was her but it was her bat mitzvah party but at her bat mitzvah reception and i remember this and so my mother was kind of surprised to hear that i was gay um because she said to me well don't you remember at emily's bat mitzvah we were in the bathroom and you were with me and you said you wanted to make the vagina your friend sorry what sorry and i woke up just kidding what <laughs> Yeah, I know. Apparently I said that and I remember and I do remember saying that, but I was just being a little shit just to be funny. And she actually thought that I was being serious, which I realized now. Mom, I wasn't serious. <laughs> yeah, nope. I, nope. No. That is nope. so 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 good. Oh hey, I know. Serious at my bummets, but uh you were on the we definitely have footage of that. That's that's available. That's readily available. Oh my god. You were on stage singing and dancing and being such a ham it was so funny See and that. you were fat you were like a fat kid then yeah i was fat i was 130 okay. pounds yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah it was five was two wow really 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 uh really anxious and i had braces and was chewing gum and like wondering if everyone was having a good time i mean I don't think bat mitzvahs are fun or bar mitzvahs are fun for the people that are having them. I think it's for everyone. No, no I, I hated mine. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> wait, there is something really funny that I don't, I think you probably know this, but my mom would be mad probably if I, if I was sharing it, but I'm going to share it anyway. I think, I think we've talked about it, but do you remember my, so my grand, remember my grandma, Frances? Like yes. So at my, at the ceremony, you know, the part where you like throw out candy you she didn't know who you were who you were i don't think at that point because she was an old woman and didn't know who everyone was and um there was a moment where you like ran like everyone like runs up to get to get the candy and and she just goes like too loud because she was kind of deaf she just goes look dear the fat boy is getting all the candy <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> oh I love her so much. That's stupid. Incredible. Isn't that incredible? 
I mean, I think that she never wanted me to say it because it was hurtful, but I think we're fine now. We're so fine now. That is fucking gold. That is gold. That is totally golden. You fat bitch. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, take this award. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate this. Thank you to all Donald Tries. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Every drive-thru, every Monopoly sticker, like everything. Yeah. Thank you so Ooh. much. Well, but- you had such a transfer. Your life, what a transformation you had in your life. I mean, mm-hmm. true. How like health and wellness is such a, not now, for years and years it's been that way. But mm-hmm. um, I remember when you were first like in enduring or, you know, in, in, the, in the throes of that transition, it was quite remarkable to witness from, you know, the outside and be like, oh, wow, what a, She's like such a young person, like turning their life around is such a, yeah, so inspiring. Well, thank you. And that's, I'm very, and again, I don't know if there's more to expand or elaborate on that, but if there is, feel welcome to share, not, not inducing the ego, but it's curious, I'm curious because it's not common to have someone know you from such an age and to see that transformation. I can count only on one hand, how many people I could say that actually have known me more than just casually, but intimately and seen that transformation. Cause I might not know certain things that were observed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, this obviously like after your brother died you just how old were you when he died i was 12 you were 12 right wow. so just um getting to see the way that you as such a young person like digested that process that and then and then based on elements of that experience like shaped your shaped your life in a different way and and you know obviously like shedding a lot of weight just just the sheer like nature of that at such a young age i think is like so wow that that's like not something you see very often um so it just it was clear that like you were such i had never really known someone who was so young and so like em- empowered like self-empowered which is really cool um and just yeah just rare so that's and that's just remained to be you which is just so beautiful Absolutely. 12 years old. I mean, that is such a pivotal time of trans transition, or I don't know how you want to call that, but like, just from not that you're becoming an an adult, because I don't understand that whole 13 at, you know, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, like what the fuck, like you don't Mm -hmm. becoming a man or a woman, like, no, but, uh, but that, yeah, I actually didn't realize that that's kind of when your, your transition or transformation started at such a young age. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 It, yeah, it started, it was started, <clears throat> it honestly really started at like 11, mm. which is when Zach got sick. Um, in full honesty, that's when it started. And I remember, not everyone knows this, but people, I remember when I was uh, thinking about trying to lose weight, I tried to lose weight when I was nine or 10, actually. I went to um, um, kids programs for overweight youth that were having trouble with um, self-esteem issues. And I remember going through a couple of things and that's where I actually took my first spin class. And I think that actually is a little bit of a blueprint that was subconscious that got me to teach spin and wants me. And now I have to start teaching again. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to start teaching again, but I need to. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and Emily's taking my spin class. So she well, very well knows. Thank you. That was fun actually, by the way. Thank you. you. Um, And it was like a real spin class, not a bullshit, like soul cycle spin class. Sorry, soul cycle. Not sorry. But, um, yeah, I remember the whole, uh, the experience of going through, and it's funny, I'm turning to the side now, because like I, I'm, 
reflecting on thinking. Like that's mm. a nonverbal cue when you're thinking about it. Um, okay, look at the camera. But no, I remember that when I was going through those transitions, how traumatizing it was. And it was one of those things where I just knew, you know, the brain gives you a synapse for lack of better terms of like seven seconds. I think I've read about in psychology where when your amygdala is triggered by pain and trauma, you have a split second to decide, are you going to uh, thrive or are you going to plateau? You know, are you going to go into denial or are you going to actually make something happen? And I didn't think for a second. And I knew that at the time too, which is even more interesting being so young. And so I said, no, I'm making something happen. And so that's where that light came up. And so one of those moments that happened is that I used to do running a track and field because I had no coordination. Track and field was my lifesaver. Running was my lifesaver before I ran into yoga. And so I remember walking to McDonald's in Carisdale because that was about a 10 minute walk. And I went and got like a cake, like a super sized quarter pounder with fries and Coke. And I was eating it for maybe about five or 10 minutes, I think. And all of a sudden my organs started to shut down. My kidneys started to get affected. My lungs started to freak out. My entire gut started to twist and wrench in a way that was so visceral that I almost felt like I had to clutch my heart because I felt like I was having a heart attack. And I was only, yeah, well, Zach had just passed away. So I would have been like around 12, but not 13. And that's when I knew I need to do something and I need to change this now because I did try to lose weight when I was 10 or 11 and I lost 10 pounds or something. And then I would, you know, gain it back. So that's when I was there. When you lose something that's so close to you and you realize it's not just a Game Boy, it's not a cell phone, it's not a book, it's not something you can replace, you realize quickly how how dispensable the human body can be and that your life is so short that you need to make something happen because you only have one physical body at least, even if you might get reincarnated as a unicorn or as a yoga mat or as an eyeball. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Right. So I think that self-empowerment piece that Emily was speaking to definitely was driven from that. And I also have to give contribution to both Emily's and my like grandmother and all that stuff as well, because you get that self-empowerment from your family. You get that from your epigenetic trauma of the Holocaust. That resilience is within you. And you have a choice if you want to take advantage of using it or not. And so I think I just happened to know that I used it. Yeah. And still use it. Yeah. I think that's really wise. I totally agree. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot on the show too. Like both, I guess all three of us come from Holocaust survivors um, and just, you know, the stuff. Yes. I mean, the, that trauma gets passed down, but so does the resilience and so does the strength. And so, you know, it's, it's what, what do you choose? And, you know, here you hit the nail on the head when you're like, there, there is that, that time where I like to call it like the space between action and reality. It's funny. It's, it's funny that you said that actually, because I wanted to know if you, if you, if he's, if he's holdable, can you introduce us to Zoli? Cause I've never met him. I've only seen him on Instagram. He's the best. So that was actually his, uh, his, his walker. He's going on a oh, really? outside playgroup. So he just left. That was why. Oh, that's was fine. Oh, that's um, fine. But I, we will FaceTime and I will, and I will show you him. He's, oh my God, absolutely. 
Oh my God. So, so adorable. And also as we wrap up, um, I wanted to give you, give you the camera to, um, just talk about what you're doing right now, what you want our listeners and followers to know, and what you want your community to know. Cause we're going to, you know, promote the shit out of all of our guests, including family, of course. So I'm yeah. turning that over to you for the next few minutes. Great. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess my most recent, uh, the project that I just pressed submit on before this meeting is um, a short film that we made in September that's really reflective of the times. <laughs> um, it's called The Dog Friend, and it's um, it's about a woman who wishes for her dog to become her boyfriend and then endures the myriad consequences when her wish comes true. Um, and I actually wrote it before I had my dog. So it's, it's weirdly very, there's a lot of synchronicity there in any event. It's a dark comedy um, that will be in the festival circuit. So I can't really, a lot of the things that like I would promote, I can't really promote because it depends on where it premieres. Um, so hopefully we'll have a cool premiere for that. Um, and then, yeah, the other, the other thing is um, actually, this is cool. Watch out for this. I, um, the project that was in Tribeca Film Festival in 2020 is uh, is this is the proof of concept for the television series that I'm working on, that I'm developing, that I'm pitching right now to various executive cool. producers and taking it out to market. But that standalone, the proof of concept, is going to have a, um, a an online release on January 27th. Wow. Yes. So that is something to watch out for, which is going to be really fun. It's going to be released on a platform called Film Shortage. Okay. And um, I will be, you know, sharing that with people. Yeah. Well, once, once we, once you do have that or the link, we'll mm. make, edit the show notes and put it Amazing. in so people Amazing. can see it. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Um, and then my song, This Love, is coming out on January 15th on Spotify and all the other platforms. Wow. So that's an M and the Fates song that we recorded in quarantine in remotely, which is, it sounds really good for what it is. Actually, it sounds just really good, period. I'm very, I'm very proud of it. And um, let's see. Those are my main things. A lot of the other work is sort of like, not showable yet yeah um so those are my big plugs and then just like follow me if you want some like you know light-hearted and deep but usually jokey content at m crone yes queen i am so proud my instagram is like ridiculous and so good i think that it's good to use your social media as a platform that makes you engage with what's important, but also is a, is a, um, a way to, to, yeah, laugh at yourself and mm -hmm. everything else that's going on. So Absolutely. that's my, that's where I am doing my social media life. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I, and I can say to that too, Emily has an incredible social media that she's been growing over the last couple of years and definitely tons of humor. And I'm so proud to be, to call you my family, to call you my cousin, to call you my sister. And uh, you are, of course, always welcome here. So if not that I want anything in your side of the town to go south, but if for some reason you need to shift over here, you have a home, you have so many family members that will take care of you. And I think Netflix is opening up a head office in Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. 
I think they're talking about it, at least in Netflix Canada. Um, don't hold me to that. But there's definitely a lot of production stuff and definitely a lot of leads for you here, too. I can be completely confident in that, too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Love it. I would not. Mm-hmm. You guys, it's really, honestly, such a joy to chat with you. Oh, thank you. Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you've, that you had the ability to come on. And I know that we wanted you on earlier. I'm so thankful that... In fact, I'm happy you're on now because now we have a little bit more of an establishment, not to any of our other guests, but it's just nice to have a family member that I can actually feel like, hey, we have a little bit of something to kind of base and to spotlight, to gaslight you a little bit more, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So come back anytime if you want to share anything, you want to update us on stuff when things are more established or in the public eye that you're permitted to speak about, please always let me know and we'll be in touch, of course, offline and everything as well. Um, But yeah, thank you. I feel so grateful to be able to have your support with this and with my life. You have been such a pivotal force in my life and you always will be um, every day. So thank you. You're the best. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you and Likewise, sounds so redundant, but stay safe. (laughs) Stay well, stay sane. I think that's the big one now. Stay sane. Yeah, Um, that's right. Yeah, keep keep practicing whatever self care you you practice. Yeah, exactly. And stay blue. Stay blue, baby. Stay blue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blue ain't sad, girl. Blue is bad. Awesome. Okay, Emma, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, lovely. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.